Hello and welcome to another edition of the Horror House Podcast. I'm Dave. I am Chris, and this week is part two of our alien abduction uh, two-part thing we got going. Uh, this week, Dave, tell them, uh, tell them what you're going to be talking about a little bit. We're going to be talking uh, about a couple smaller, uh, or maybe not smaller events, but we're going to just quick hit a couple events, and then we're going to really get into um, the details surrounding the lights over Berkshire uh, that occurred in Berkshire, Massachusetts, September 1st, 1969. The end of the summer of love, and the aliens were done fucking around. Or, or was that what this or is? It, One last kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, before we go to Claxton Glugnon 5, we should really uh, kidnap some of these humans and uh, fuck them up a little bit. Yeah. I, th- I, I thought you were speaking to like your higher powers, and I didn't want to interrupt. I got really concerned. Um, but speaking of higher powers, tell them where, uh, where our social media presences lie in the hands of big corporations and stuff. Yeah, you can, you, can, you can stick it to the man by uh, hitting us up at, at Twitter at Sweetness1 with six E's and sweet, or at HorrorHouse2 because there are two of us. You can shoot us an old email of HorrorHousePodcast at gmail.com or go to the Facebooks and hit us up there on the HorrorHouse page. If you want to leave us a voice message so we can hear your voice and you can tell us how you like the show, what you don't like about the show. You can suggest topics or movies. You guys sound so handsome. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing it, Dave. Just just stop in and say, what's up? Uh, By leaving us a voice message on anchor.fm forward slash horror house. And finally... Hit us with those ratings on the Spotify's, on the Apple Podcasts, wherever there's a star or a number that you can choose for us. Give us one of those. And share us around. Share us with your friends. Give them a little whorehouse. Throw your phone at them. Be like, listen to this podcast. You know, if, if they end up liking the podcast, they will thank you. We certainly will thank you. Yeah. And you'll be growing the rabble. And soon our power will be unmatched. Dave, I just had a great idea. We, yeah. we start pushing, throwing our, throwing, having rabble throw their phones at their friends with Whorehouse loaded up. We start a YouTube channel unrelated to Whorehouse about how to fix your phone you threw at your friend. Oh, that's pretty good. That's get, pretty get, good. Get, we could make it a TikTok challenge. Like, <laughs> I bet you can't throw Whorehouse <laughs> on your phone and then throw it at people. That would actually maybe be better. Somebody would actually do that shit. Unfortunately, I guess unfortunately, we could do all three. Is that unfortunate? No, 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 no. It's all fortunate if it gives us money. We need money. Speaking of money, what shows have you been watching? I'm got the segues down. Yeah, that's a nice, nice uh, transition, Chris. <laughs> we watched the Dexter finale. Hot take. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was. It was about what I expected. Is this a hot button um, issue on the internet right now? I on the 
on the tweets it was uh, people shitting on the episode ending, but right. need I remind you, the last ending we got was Lumberjack Dexter. And that that was that was dumb. So if you're if you're if you're on the fence, if you're a Dexter fan, you've watched it, you you're kind of torn. What what should I think? The only thing I will say, spoiler alert, the only thing I will say is anyone who fits the code, aka people who kill innocent people, must die. And that's all I'm gonna say. That's all Dave's got to say. Uh, we also yeah, so we also are caught up with the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, nice. We have switched our nighttime show back to you. Chris, you? I don't have a um, show. Yeah, you. You, My, you, you have a show. Me show? You know where you My were. Show? Who show? Your show. <laughs> you. Where you were uh, falling in love with all those women and then murdering oh. everyone who got in your path. When you said so, murder, I, re- I remembered. That's, then you remembered. Yeah. What? It's easy to forget. Oh, yeah, I did it's easy, it's easy to forget. And then today, Jackie threw on um, Russell the Russell Crowe vehicle, Unhinged, which is more of a thriller than a horror movie. Now, is that the one that started the fat but, Russell uh, Crowe thing that you w- w- were saying? Yes. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I do believe the fatter Russell Crowe gets, the better his acting gets. So, hey. you know. Here's to Russell Crowe. Cheers to Russell Crowe in uh, My Hunt 600 Pound Life next year. <laughs> Cheers. From what I've seen of him, I, I'm a, I am afraid. I, all I know is he's Superman's dad, and that's that's all I got. That's that's where my Russell Crowe begins and ends. Even, even fat Russell Crowe looks very intimidating. And oh, he, he, he oh, I plays forgot. The, crazy. Uh, the mummy. He was uh, Jekyll, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Yeah, he, he was, was meaty. He looked like he would. He could fuck some shit up. Yeah, yeah. He and it unhinged is. It's it's a it's a solid movie thriller action. Um, some of the things in it are horrific. Okay. But uh, he does a good job, Chris. What have you been not up to? Very whole lots. Uh, Boba Fett. I am. I'm not caught up like you are i'm still i've not watched this week's this week's this week's episode this this, this tweaks um but yeah that's really. why that's when i lived in the inner city that's why i like to watch this tweaks and that tweaks <laughs> but uh really liking that love boba fett glad he's finally a character um to watch mm-hmm. instead of just read about um other than that not a whole lot of uh watching uh, but that said, that just gives us more time to talk about uh, people getting abducted by summer of love aliens and and stuff. So let's let's get to that. Let's uh, let's hit an ad so we can start talking about some alien seductions. And uh, we're back. And the first abduction I want to talk about just a little bit was just uh. Just a little bit ago, four four short years ago, in January 7, uh, 2017, in Clay County, Kentucky. Uh, not, not super far from us, and 
maybe one of us has some family ties down around that way, not maybe... I will not be incriminated, Dave. Incriminated, Dave. I will not be incriminated, Dave. Listen, listen. (laughs) I've had a lot of NyQuil. You're not getting incriminated. I'm drinking tonight. Incriminated is when you you pick up somebody for lovemaking immediately upon their release from prison. That's incriminated. Oh. So, no, no, please do not incriminate yourself. I am not incriminated. But, uh, Um, yeah, this place, uh, uh, well, the people that I know, the places that I've been around there, uh, very uh, mountainous and very woody and not a lot of uh, flat where you can just see your neighbors all the time. It's uh, very secluded. Isolated. And, yeah. Isolated. It's, it's a very outdoorsy area. Yeah. But a couple of um, young people, and I, I don't have ages on anybody, uh, were in their house. Uh, four, four people were in the house. And they heard a knocking above the door is what they reported. Um, But there were no steps there. So what I picture is like a double wide with a back door and they not put a porch up to it. Um, But uh, they one person looked out the people. Then then the person making the report, her older sister looked out the people and she said, what do you see? And her sister said, quote. Well, Nancy, it looks like an alien. And if that's not a good description of an alien, I don't know what is. I think that's an alien. I hope it was spoken exactly that way. Yeah, being yeah. Clay County, Kentucky, you can almost guarantee it. Uh, but the kids apparently went outside. Um, they, they were so shocked at hearing the knock because they said they didn't see any lights come up the drive. If you know this type of region, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get traffic coming by all the time. So you get lights coming down the road or up the drive. You notice it. Uh, probably the dogs notice it. I think you're. I think it's state law. You have to have uh, at least one and a half dogs per person in the house in this part of Kentucky. I think you're right. Uh, but... Um, they went outside, they got a telescope, and they saw lights hovering above the field. Um, at some point, they got um, found themselves out in the middle of the field and surrounded by a purple fog that made their, their senses kind of go crazy, made them feel kind of weird. And one of them, the uh, girls, uh, maybe a Wanda, said, this is how they get you. Maybe they're going to take us someplace better. And uh, apparently, mm-hmm. apparently Nancy didn't want to go someplace better. She liked it here on uh, good old U.S. of Earth. And uh, so they ran. And uh, that's, that's kind of it. I'd like a follow-up with Nancy. Because it seems like there's, in a lot of these abduction cases, people who report it once seem to have multiple visits. So, Nancy, if you're out there, uh, hit us up on on the socials and let us know if you've had a secondary encounter and, um, and talk to us about this encounter. 
if only it could have been a little sooner. You know, the field is bathed in purple light, and then his royal badness comes out singing, you know, Purple Rain. And it's like, oh, it's not aliens, it's Prince. It's Prince doing Prince things again. But if if this was Clay County, Minnesota, uh, it, it, good point. I was either abducted by an alien or Prince <laughs> took me to his house and made pancakes. <laughs> or Prince escaped again. <laughs> uh, and what is your what old, is your other uh, minor one? Um, the next story I had. Um, I, I actually have two tonight. Um, one was a, a group of uh, sailors in the uh, mid-20th century um, departing Chicago on the Great Lakes, and apparently they were looking for treasure along the, uh, the Virgin Sea. I'm not familiar with that sea. Uh, but they <laughs> reportedly searched uh, for this treasure search for their their pot of gold if you will right on every shore okay. um they tried oh lord they tried to carry on uh, but suddenly they were visited by a, a gathering of angels that appeared above their head and uh I, we don't have real description of the angels but we do have an account of what they said they said, come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. Come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. My God. My God. You exp- We're going. This, this might be the end of the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Chuck Pinozo, Tommy Shaw, James Young. Uh, Todd Sutcherman, the sticks, sticks, if you will, of the river variety, collectively known as sticks. <laughs> Man, the the other story I do want to, and I I just happen to be um um uh, playing around on the YouTube's today. I, I was kind of bored. I just had videos on. I was just kind of going wherever the clicks led me, and I came to a story about Hamburg, Germany in the early 1800s or late 1700s. And um, you might know Hamburg, Germany as the location of the story of the Pied Piper. And the town has, um, uh, like a lot of Europe, so I've heard said that America is creepy because everything's so far apart. But Europe is cre- creepy because everything is so damn old. And apparently, you know, this is a, a several centuries old town. A lot of the buildings are still centuries old. And there's a house they call the Pied Piper House that has an engraving on the wall that talks about the kids leaving. Well, we have a historical record of the Pied Piper story. and even the changes that have come to the story. So the video I watched today, they talked about it being a generational game of telephone. So as each generation tells the story, the story is changing. 
changing to suit the the needs or the beliefs and the values of the tellers. Um, but there are some people that have looked into this story, and um, one of the theories behind this story, and the, the description on the oldest town house of the town talks about 130 children leaving the town abruptly. And so some people, some theories have been about disaster or that the Pied Piper represented death. Um, but another theory is that the Pied Piper may have been a visitor from another world that, that took up the children from the town and uh, absconded away with them. So... You know, it it was kind of a neat story. Um, it, the the website is uh, Thoughty, T H O U G H T Y. Uh, they have a lot of interesting things and in science and history and you know just plain old stories. Uh, check them out if you're on the YouTube's. Give give them a watch and a subscribe. But um, not that they need it. They're like fucking million view videos. But it was a very interesting video. Okay. So. Intriguing. Um, that actually, uh, we may have to come back to that for a second. If uh, you know what I'm talking about in your, in your uh, main story. Um, mm -hmm. So let's cut to the chase. Let's get to the, let's get to the meat of the sandwich and tell them, tell them the story. Let's, let's give them the deets in. So it is September 1st, 1969 labor day. Uh, you know, uh, most people are out of work or off of work on labor day. You know, that's a, that's a, it's a holiday. Uh, young Tom Reed, Thomas Reed was in the car with his mom and his grandmother and they were, uh, driving, uh, I would guess home. I, I've never heard destination, but uh, he his reports are that it was in the evening, so I would guess they were driving home. And uh, just before they came across the uh, local covered bridge, uh, all these uh, small towns, old towns, they have they have covered bridges, and um, he they were getting ready to cross the covered bridge and they saw some lights come over the hill crest over the hill over the bridge bathed the car in an amber light and it just got bright and then it was gone and when it was gone something was amiss um they didn't know how much time had had lapsed, but later they found out it was several hours. But the weirdest thing that was that uh, Thomas Reed is very adamant that his grandmother did not drive at this time. Uh, but that, but when the light flashed, suddenly his mom was no longer driving. She was in the passenger seat, and his grandmother was in the driver's seat. Um, over time, he has described 
memories coming back uh, as time passed. He would get bits and pieces of memory. Things would spark his memory. Um, and uh, one of the things he talked about was uh, a, seeing a craft in the light. Uh, he described it as 60 feet long and looking like an upside-down Hershey kiss. Um, which is a weird shape for a ship. To have a little point on the bottom like that, you know, I mean, does it bounce like that when yeah. it lands, or does that dig into the ground? I, I, there, I don't know. That reminds me, there's a couple that, like, uh, have, like, a diving bell kind of look to them that people have described before, so maybe, I, maybe it's something kind of in that neck of the woods as far as yeah, yeah. who knows it, it's it's very it's very odd but also you know yeah I, yeah okay when you say a diving bell that makes a lot of sense um we, we've talked many times about these craft um not just being aircraft but also under the water in and out of the water, um, very versatile in design. But anyway, he described, he, he began to get memories of being taken when that light shined into, a, uh, in, into the craft. Uh, he described the craft as being um, slightly tarnished, but um, very bright. Very well lit, um, with tubes of lights um, on all the walls, just like lining everything. And I, I don't imagine when he listening to his description, reading his description, I don't imagine fluorescent lights that we're all so familiar with, because those are like, you know, three and a half foot long, and then a break, and then another set, and then a break, and then another set. And he's describing more as like one continuous light that ringed the rooms and the hallways. He was asked to lay on an exam table, uh, which he reports laying and then jumping up at the first opportunity and running. And then finding himself back in the car. So, um, a, you know, a very interesting story. Um, from someone who has been very consistent with his story, if not 100% consistent um, over the years. But, um, you know, not, not, um, not your average everyday occurrence. Do you have any, any comments or any questions? Uh... Not quite yet. When we get a little bit further, actually, uh, the the lights. Do you think that could have been like some kind of fiber optic thing, like a fiber optic cable of some kind? Because that that could be. I kind of think of um, the way we have LED lights now mm -hmm. that are so efficient, low energy, and they have them that are just. I mean, it looks like just a tube because there's so many of them. They're so small and so bright, they can place them close together so you never see a gap between them, and they just... So that's that's what I picture, but the fiber optic light would make sense, except in 1969 when this stuff didn't exist. 
Well, that was the thing that I've seen so, uh, brought up before is that aliens gave us that, or it was reverse engineered from aliens. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I have seen that uh, discussed before, but let's uh, let's keep rolling. Uh, so that was Thomas Reed. Yeah. So if you had a nine-year-old boy in a town describe a encounter like this, it'd be easy to blow it off. Uh, a youthful imagination or, you know, attention seeking or something like that. But what if you had another on the same night? Um, and I, I don't know, maybe aliens just have a thing for Toms, but we also have a story of young Tom Warner, who was at a friend's house down the road from his, and he was um, coloring. He fancied himself to be a young artist. Um, but he was visiting with, with some friends, and um, he experienced what he called mental telepathy. Um, I, saw, I, I saw two different versions of the story. One described that he saw a face in the window, but that he doesn't think the face was there. It was more in, inside of his head projecting. And another that left that part out completely, but didn't say that he didn't. It just said it was made it sound like it was more an auditory thing. Um, but he, this voice speaking directly to his brain told him he needed to go home and he needed to go home now. Uh, so Mr. Tom Warner, or young Tom Warner, leaves the house and starts to run across the yard to head home. Uh, he felt an energy inside of him, just like uh, heating him up and, and energizing, and then he was bathed in a light. And he was running as fast as he could, but he wasn't moving. Um, now, um, the light pulled him forward, and he disappeared, and he was returned, and he had lost Seven minutes of time. Now again, a young man makes a story. Easy to discount. Okay, this kid's telling a story. But his account, his story was witnessed by a young uh, woman in the house, a Jane Shaw. Um, and her, her story of what she saw matches up with what Tom described. Uh, he was running. He suddenly looked like he was frozen, but he was still running. Uh, he was bathed in a bright light and disappeared in the blink of an eye. And seven minutes later, he was returned. Uh, very, very strange that the two would have the same story if they made something up. And neither one would crack. I mean, you, you have to imagine, if you're telling these stories, people are asking you questions. You know, oh yeah, well, what did you see? What color was the light? Where was it coming from? You you could just imagine the questions somebody gets. So for there not to be a whole lot of people coming forward saying, oh, I, I knew Tom Warner, he was a fucking fruitcake. Or I know Jane Shaw, she uh, liked, liked attention. I, I don't hear that. I don't hear that said. And so that gives me a little bit more belief in the story. And again, this is not Tom and Jane. 
This is now Tom and Jane and Thomas Reed. Um, Tom described the seven minutes he was gone being into in a what he described as like a giant hangar, and there were other children there uh, of various ages. And he arrived, and the kids were there, and everyone was a little, you know, anxious, but not necessarily scared. And then they, one by one, started to disappear out of the hangar. Um, do you have any questions or comments um, there? And we now this, have three witnesses to something yeah. on the night of September 1st, 1969. Um. The hangar with the children is really intriguing. It that uh, you talking about the Pied Piper and all those children earlier made me mm-hmm. think of this, and I was like, Oh, I wonder. I mean, who knows? I mean, could it be? But maybe, uh, but intriguing right. to, to ponder. Um, now the face that Tom Warner saw, did they describe like what it looked like? Was it just some kind of like ethereal something or other or was it a human face what it sounds it it sounds very so the description that i did find in the one account that was that he had the description of the face described it as kind of nondescript humanish but blurred like it like it um remember erasable ink pens yeah. There's a reason why we don't have these these days, because that shit doesn't work. It was always just still tried kind to, of there. Yeah, you just, it, it just, mostly it just, it, the ink wasn't erasable as it was extremely smudgeable. <laughs> um, so that's kind of okay. what I'm picturing out of that. But very, very nondescript and, um, and he acknowledged even in that description that this was probably something projected into his brain and not something huh. actually outside the window. Okay, okay. Uh, Very weird. Keep... But three, three people. Yeah. W- uh, witnessing events on the same night. I'm very intrigued by the hangers and the and the children. That uh, with the Pied Piper thing. That's very. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to well, look into this. Is what I'm saying. You're already intrigued. <laughs> Prepare to be intrigued. I do it with this tale of young Melanie Kirchdorfer. Um, Good zoom type. So, yep. Thank you. Young Melanie was sorry. (laughs) uh, Driving in the car with her parents. They had gone to the local uh, dairy barn or DQ or dairy mart or whatever they had in 1969 (laughs) to get some ice cream. And they were, um, coming back home in the car when they saw a light um, up above uh, ahead of them on the road, above the road just, and again she described bathing in this light and disappearing Um, she describes before the disappearance, actually her dad was trying to, her dad was intrigued and trying to follow the light so it wasn't necessarily coming for her, but her dad was trying to follow it and um, track it down and, and keep an eye on it. He was very curious, and she remembers feeling anxious and dread over that. But eventually they did catch up to it, maybe more than they ever wanted to. 
the car was bathed in light, and she describes being whisked away and finding herself. Are you ready for this? Ready. Are, are you sitting down? I am. She found herself in a giant hangar full of other children. Ooh. Then Trick Slider not. went up. Oh, yeah. That's, maximum Intrigue <laughs> is, is on the way. Continue. Continue. Uh, Tom and Melanie uh, did not know each other at the time of this, but this um, story has been done in the Netflix reboot of the Unsolved Mysteries uh, show. To my knowledge, it's the only episode that's not like a true crime episode. Um, but Melanie and Tom were brought together at some point as they were being interviewed and talked about. And, you know, you could imagine, uh, especially now you not have one story, you have multiple people telling stories of what happened this night. Newspapers and TV and and probably government officials and and just looky-loos and curious people asking questions. And at some point, Tom and Melanie were brought together. They did not know each other. Uh, this was uh, Tom Warner and Melanie did not know each other, but they said they felt an instant kinship or connection. Um, and Tom said he thinks Melanie was one of the children he saw. He, he recognized her from the hangar. Interesting. Um, so, very, very interesting. Um, Melanie, uh, quickly, when she was done being in the hangar, she was instantly kind of woke, her, woke up and found herself on the road and walked home to her parents and started to talk to her parents about what she experienced. And uh, she says now, and, and I apparently has said pretty consistently, that her parents forbade her from talking about the incident and would never talk about what happened. Right. They just wanted to ignore it, um, which I think is probably pretty understandable for um, you know, the fear that they must have felt or... I don't think talking about these incidents, you know, people talk about the attention you get, you know, it's not like that's all, you know, great attention. Yeah. And especially back then, you know, I mean, now everybody will is, I wouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people are more open to do something, say something crazy on the internet to get their 15 minutes. Right. But back then, you know, in these rural kind of places, people weren't like looking for that 15 minutes as much as a lot of people are these days. Uh, oh, they to, just wanted to, they just wanted to live their life and yeah. pay their taxes. And, and we're not yeah, going to say uh, something that seemed crazy, even if it was true. <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to just cause then they just seem crazy and they did. They just, yeah. It, you know, this was still a time when, uh, you know, maybe not for the young of, of this era, but this was still a time when you didn't talk about, you know, uh, out of what wedlock pregnancy, right, and right. divorce, and you know, extramarital affairs. You didn't, you didn't broadcast these all over the neighborhood and the TV sets and the internet because it didn't exist. Betty and Barney from last um, episode, interracial uh, uh, marriages and stuff. That was still kind of uh, very, very taboo. Still, yeah. 
Um, yeah, so just very interesting. Um, the connections here now we're at four people who have described these incidents. Uh, Melanie had a, um, a description of the vehicle of the craft. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I can call it a vehicle, the craft. Uh, she described it as over a hundred feet long and, um, looking like a flattened oval. Um, okay. Now, um, we'll get into some of the debunky stuff later. But for now, I'll just say, if you had an upside-down Hershey Kiss, that doesn't look like a flattened oval. But at the right angle, right. it very well might. Right. Um, and then also, have you ever, like, the light that everyone describes is very bright and and just a, almost an overpowering brightness light. Mm -hmm. um, that does not make it easy to see into. Right. So, you know, I think there's very much room for um, understanding that it was very hard to see. And then also scale, you know, uh, for one... What does a young person have? Uh, yeah, to as a frame of reference for a hundred yards, <laughs> but also scale is very difficult. So if you doubt me on this, there's a little experiment you can do. Rabble science, Dave. Early evening when the moon is just coming up over the horizon, but it's dark. Works best with a full moon because you get to see the whole shape of the moon. And works best on a cloudless full moon night. But when the moon is low in the horizon, it's going to look huge. Then go inside. Don't watch it. Because you lose some of the effect if you just keep an eye on it. But go inside the house and, and a couple hours later, remember, oh, Dave wanted me to go out and check the size of the moon. Go out and now look at it. It'll be high in the sky, and it'll be significantly smaller than when you saw it earlier. Chris, guess what? It's still the same size. The moon didn't. The moon didn't really change size. Correct. And you're not really substantially further away from the moon than you were a couple hours before. I'm glad you didn't yell at me like Mr. Uh, Wizard. <laughs> Did you see how violent he was with those kids, or angry he was? I was, I was really he, nervous. Uh, I, he had a problem. Yeah, he had a problem. I was, I was scared. And just remember, kids, Bill Nye is not a real scientist. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, to so if I could, uh, when I my first factory job after I got out of high school, I worked and that place seemed ginormous. Then I went back like maybe fifteen or twenty years later, and it seemed so tiny compared to what my brain thought it was. For all these years. I was like, mm -hmm. holy shit. It's like somebody put a different building where I was once. I was like, how? It, it really blew my mind. And that's what I think of a lot when uh, some of these people are like, well, when I was seven years old and got abducted, it was like 20 to 30 feet by whatever. And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying you may be not quite inaccurate. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Especially when you're young. Young oh, people yeah. don't have a... They haven't built up enough of a library in their brain 
to really get. They've not got that yay big down. scale. Yeah. <laughs> Finished yeah. yet. <laughs> so, um, but we have, uh, we have four young people with the uh, accounts, um, all from the same night. I saw, but I wait, watched, Chris. I watched a thing, oh. a quick YouTube video earlier and saw the, uh, an AM radio station there got calls that that night that Tom Warner was abducted uh, about sightings. I was, yeah, I was you just about to that? bring that up. Oh, I was just I was going to do a Ron Popeil on you, but wait, there's more. Oh my God, you can still do uh, that. Okay, you ready? But wait, Chris, there's more. <laughs> the local radio station WSBS uh, reportedly got calls throughout the night about sightings of lights and crafts um throughout the town okay um so there that is very interesting now apparently they don't have records of these calls today um you can take that for what you will um in 1969 the media to record something like that yeah was huge like i i i could store a, a room what used to take a room full of computers to do uh, like wall to wall floor to ceiling giant room computers i have more computing power in my you know 8 ounce laptop um I mean, that goes with, like, the, you so. know, restoring movies or, you know, remastering, remixing mm-hmm. uh, albums and stuff. It's like, if they did record it, like, who knows where it could have wound up. Even if they had, they probably would have lost it. Or it would have been burned in a fire. Like, some of that shit fucking sucks about that, those kind of things. It's like, yeah. So even if they had, it may not have made it <laughs> through the last 50, 60 years. So, yeah. When I, when I worked at the TV studio in high school. In our high school TV studio, um, one of the jobs that was we were just perpetually doing was we we were going through um, old tapes mm-hmm. and trying to record them on new media. And um, uh, Vic Fields kind of led the charge for that. He was in charge of that TV studio, and uh, sometimes it didn't go very well, you know. Um, and that was, you know, the school was founded in 78. So, you know, that's a, a full nine years after this. We were using um, tape, um, very little film in 1978, mm-hmm. but some of it just deteriorated with age. You know, yeah. it was not a reliable storage media. And so, you know, it doesn't surprise me that's not. That's not a nail in the coffin for the story uh, yeah. to me. Um, you know, other people may have their opinions about that. Well, I mean, it's AM they radio. May also, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not kicking out the jams. Uh, They're kicking out but the... But multiple people have said, you know, that multiple people have talked about hearing these call-ins to the radio as well. Okay. Um, I actually found an article today, so we luckily have delayed taping a little bit. I found an article today. Thomas Reed claims to have a letter sent to him 
um, just a few years ago by Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker. Um, and I meant to look up what are you doing? The new Windows sucks. Um, <laughs> Bill Gates eat eat somebody's ass. Um, yeah. Yeah, it it works about as well as I would expect it to work, which means it doesn't. Um, anyway, the Massachusetts governor sent him a letter saying, um, thanking him for his bravery and his fight to keep this story alive and to not let it die and not let it be forgotten because his and other families went through so much that night. Okay. Okay. So, you know, we're talking the governor of the state of Massachusetts, you know. This isn't like the saying the governor of Florida saw something. <laughs> um, this is the governor of the state of Massachusetts. I, I I really I cannot express how much I hate Windows <laughs> right now. So, is there any other uh, points you wanted to hit before we get into the debunking part? Um, we talked about the radio station. We talked about Tom Reed, Tom Warner, Jane Shaw, Melanie Kirschdorfer, the the police reports. So. This kind of goes into the debunking because the police reports sound like it was a very quiet night in Berkshire. Um, there were two things that are records from the night that have made it to the modern day. I'm not sure if the police take notes on calls about this kind of thing on the regular. You know what I mean? Like, if I called the James County Police Department right now and be like, uh, my damn neighbor's up in the tree again, you know, are they going to take note or are they just going to come down and tell him to get out of the goddamn tree? Yeah, you know, you, you, know, you see what you pick up. Call, us, call us back but if you're still there. Two <laughs> yeah. Um, so, one of the two police reports that night, though, was a neighbor calling to say that. Um, local kids were trashing his yard. Now, what if they weren't local kids? What if they were visitors? Uh, we don't know. But the other police report is the one that really catches my attention. And that was a police report of a missing woman. Um, and she was found. Uh, the only thing I know is she was, it was called in. She was called in as missing. And she was found several hours later. So this could be a, an abduction and a missing time thing. And she may not be happy or she may not remember or she may not feel comfortable coming forward. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility. So, um, yeah, anything else you want to ask or, or do you, before we get into the debunk? All right. So, 
Um, the biggest the the biggest thing people I think are have against the story or or trying to take the plausibility of the story down is just this idea that the descriptions aren't the same. Uh, Melanie Kirchdorfer's description of the craft differs from Thomas Reed's description. Thomas Reed had a different in abduction view of the ship than what Thomas Warner had. Um, Tom Warner was missing for seven seconds. Tom Reed, Melanie Kirchdorfer, for hours. Or not seven seconds, seven minutes. They were The others were missing for hours. Um, so I think that might be the biggest knock on this story is just the fact that not everybody's story matches up. Is, has there been any, uh, like, of the big UFO skeptics comment on this that you've seen? Are there any, even not them, just like, uh, is, is that just, like, the biggest thing? Is there any other, like, what else, what other meaty skeptic things can we examine? Um. So, there are no... Or are we going to have to dig in this on our own? We'll do it ourselves. We'll do it live. Yeah, you know, there's no record of the calls to the radio station, although lots of witnesses coming forward and saying that they heard it. Um, we don't have diary journals like, you know, teen, teenage girls, dear diary, last night I saw something in the sky. It was long and shiny, and it made me feel... Like a woman. I, I don't know. I don't know what would go in the diary, but I've I've not heard that there are, are any diary entries out there like that were written contemporarily to these happenings. Um, it's mostly people talking about it after the fact, remembering things later. Um, so I I. Fully understand why that brings skepticism, um, but I also know that you know memory works that way sometimes. Um, to try to try to recall somebody's name, like, and and if you can't recall it off the top of your head, man, it's going to eat at you. And then what usually happens for me several hours later, I'll just be like eating a ham sandwich and i'll be like oh my god john ham that's who it was john ham i am like that with in, voices in the library with the candle and like animated movies or like cg movies and i hear somebody's mm-hmm. voice i know it will kill me until it snaps into my brain and it could be hours later you know yeah. eating a sandwich it's like johnny knoxville leonardo was johnny knoxville <laughs> Like when True you're watching story. the animated tale of the Bible and you hear <laughs> Jesus talk and you're like, I know Danny Trejo. But hours later, it's like Danny Trejo was Jesus. I got it. I thought you were going to say Jim Caviezel. Uh, the kids, I think, also hurts the validity of it because it's just like, I mean, you could have a thousand kids and it, it, people would still be able to be like, yeah, but it was kids. <laughs> 
who, who mm-hmm. kids don't know shit. Um, I mean, if it was a thousand kids, it'd probably be a little bit different story. But um, for the two, I, the two that had the same story, I mean, the hangar and the children, the Thomas Reed mm-hmm. or Thomas Warner, which one was it? Warner. Thomas Warner. And Melanie having, you know, that similar experience is, and not knowing each other, that's, that's pretty, uh, sus as the, as the modern kids say. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, never mind. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it left my brain that quick. Sorry, rabble. It was probably gold. And it's gone. So, uh, any other, uh, what what are we doing now after the debunk thing? Where are we heading next? So, let's talk about where the story is now. So, the Barrington County Historical Society, flip my notes here, in 2015, officially recognized the story and had a monument that was funded with private donations, um, had a monument uh, erected near the covered bridge where Thomas Reed was um, had his encounter. Um, I did learn that since then, in t- June of 2019, the city removed it. Um, they said that the city of, uh, said that it was never authorized and that it was bringing unwanted attention to the town. So, and apparently it, had been, apparently it had been vandalized within a few days of being put up. It wasn't much. It looked like it was a, a marble column that was only a few feet high, but then had one of those like highway historical placards on the top of it. But it had been... Uh, vandalized within a few days of going oh, up. Come on, uh, come on. After Berkshire. it got cleaned, it got van- vandalized again. Yeah, come I mean, on. You know, kids are kids are are doing this yeah, kind of especially thing. especially a new like, thing like that that's not you know like guarded. And it's like yeah, they're gonna fuck with it until they get over it, and then it. But to say that it's giving them unwanted attention, like tourists and stuff, give me a break. There's no little town that would shy against that. It's like yes, we need people. We need people now. <laughs> Bullshit. Yes. Berkshire, I have beef. Bring your wallets. Yeah. I have. So, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I told you when, when we went down a few years ago, when we drove to Vegas, we went all the way down to um, Roswell, New Mexico. And, right. you know, they've made a little cottage of an industry of everything and That's you know, so embraced it. And so, yeah, it was a really cool little place. Um, any other modern oh. happenings for this story? That sucks. Why would they vandalize that? It's assholes. But still, you can clean that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that, yeah, I'm hung that's up on just, it. yeah, yeah. Eh, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, small town, you don't have nothing else to do. Um, this is, it. that's probably, at, at least, especially initially, the first year or two, it's something new. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit the, I'm going to hit the UFO plaque. But I, I agree with you. After a couple of years, you yeah. know, the, the newness of that will wear off and it, it you know, it would go away. Um, 
No, I I don't have a whole lot else. I actually couldn't find anything that uh, Bill Class had to say oh. about this. <laughs> um, so I'm sure he said something somewhere for sure. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. He probably got a job as a lunch lady just so he could like give Thomas Reed smaller portions uh, just to be a dick. Uh, um, all right. Do you want to, do you want to hash this out and talk about uh, our plausibilities or what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about plausibility. Um, Chris, I'll let you go. First. All right. So, uh, like last week, uh, we went on a scale of one to 10, one being the least plausible in our minds and 10 being the most plausible. So I looking at everything, I mean, it is a group of kids, but the radio calls kind of adds a little, a little spice to it. And then, uh, the two kids having the, the same kind of, you know, the hangers and, and then you talked about the Pied Piper tonight. That has nothing to do with it, but I'm like, that's intriguing. <laughs> um, and as a, I would call myself a skeptic that would love to be proven wrong and would go out of my way <laughs> to, to be proven mm-hmm. wrong. Um, I'm, I'm still going to sit at like a six, six out of 10. Okay. Just because okay. so many, like, just, I, and they didn't know each other, these kids, and then the hangar, uh, I just, yeah. I could, I could go lower, but I don't think, I, no, I don't, I don't think I will. Not today. <laughs> what about okay. you? That's fair. That's fair. Um, I can't remember where I was on the last one. Um, I think I was, uh. At a seven and a half. And I think I have to go a little higher on this one just because there's more people. Right. Um, I know we don't have, you know, the contemporary writings and documentation, but also, you know, I don't have, I don't see reports of like, you know, hundreds of people rising up and saying, little Tommy Reed, you were always a fucking bastard liar. And, you know, this didn't happen. And, you know, Melanie Kirchner's parents, they, they haven't come out and denounced what she's saying. They haven't come out and said much at all. And I mean, they may even be gone now. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't hear an outcry from the city saying no, this has never happened. Um What makes so, it what makes yeah, it more I plausible just, to you? Like I go in that direction for me. Like what what are the big points that you're like maybe the number of witnesses? Okay. The congruence of their stories. So, you know, um you had, you know, this a lot of similarity in their stories, the the light, the feelings. Um, then you have Tom Warner and Melanie Kirchdorfer with the with the um hanger story. Um you have Gene Shaw witnessing what happened to Tom Warner. 
And I, I think it just all adds up to more more witnesses. Because mm-hmm. witness, a witness account can be flawed, but more witnesses means more likelihood of truth to me. Fair. So where do you rank this bad boy? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a believing that last week I gave seven and a half. I'm gonna give this one an eight. An eight. All right. So that that about does it for uh, our two part alien abduction uh, little series we did. Um, this episode almost didn't happen <laughs> on time. The, we just always yeah. have. At least one episode that that this happens to every season. We literally have a cursed episode every year, and uh, I am I have so much Nyquil and now White Claws in my body. I I was afraid I was going to go completely like conspiracy theorist on you and be like. Maryland or Massachusetts is the, but I didn't. I I don't know shit about that. Um, but. I there are there are twelve letters in Massachusetts. I was and the twelfth letter of the alphabet is O. Is it? And oh, shit. The, when you describe the shape of a UFO, <laughs> it's always an O, but sometimes it's flattened O. You think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know how many letters are in Massachusetts, but I think O is twelve. You could no, you could lie to not. me and I'd believe you, but I was searching on YouTube L? for uh, just okay. like a quick video to watch while I ate dinner tonight on the on this, and I typed in mm-hmm. Berkshire Mass, and then something come up. It said Berkshire Mass. I thought it said Berkshire Mass Broken Arrow. I was like, no way, they lost a nuclear bomb around Berkshire, Massachusetts. I was like, that would be insane to go with this story. I was like, no way. Right. No, no, it wasn't. It was Berkshire Massage Broken Arrow, which also still didn't bring up anything specific. <laughs> other, Just other massage and therapy places. So what? what is YouTube hiding? Is that a conspiracy? Why did it put those words together if it's not even a thing? That's weird. That's weird, man. That is very weird. Very sus. Yeah. But that's all I have to add. <laughs> that's all I got. All right. Well, remember, if you have anything you want to share with us or topics you want to see us do, uh, hit us up on the social medias. Give us a tweet at Sweetness1 or at HorrorHouse2. You can email us, HorrorHousePodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the old Facebook and hit us up there at the HorrorHouse page. Uh, You can leave us a voicemail so we can hear your voice. And let us know if you want us to play it on the air. But you can leave that at anchor.fm forward slash horror house. And give us those ratings on the Spotify's and on the Apple Podcasts and on the other places that may also have ratings that I don't know about. <laughs> and share us around. Throw your phone at your friend. Um, yeah, throw, throw a phone at your friends or strangers or yeah, whatever. Throw your phone at people. Or aliens. I don't know. They may be in the podcast. Uh, Dave, final words. Uh, yeah, just the, there's a lot out there that we don't know. And the worst thing we can do is just assume that we're right. Whether you believe that 
aliens are out there and visiting us, or you don't believe. The worst thing we can do is just assume that we're right and not have an open mind to new evidence. So just go out there, keep your mind open. Next week, not as heavy a topic, uh, a little bit more fun, a little more lighthearted, fictional topics are back. Back on the menu. All right. We will see you next week. We're out. Later. Later.